Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Jeremy Godwin, an Australian writer who creates content about better mental health, including his weekly podcast, Let's Talk About Mental Health, which now has listeners in over 170 countries worldwide. In today's episode, we talk about his new book, Let's Talk About Mental Health, Simple Ways to Improve Your Well-Being, which is full of practical tips for improving your mental health based on quality research and his own experience of learning how to live with anxiety and depression. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you very much, James. Great to be here. I am looking forward to this. We have a mutual friend who introduced us, so I can't wait to hear more about everything you do. What I really liked about you, your brand is you're very practical. The tools and techniques you have are very practical like mine, and so I knew we'd hit it off right away. So you, going back into your backstory, because I always like to get people's backstory, you struggled with anxiety and depression when you were younger. Absolutely. It is a something that I, in hindsight, I have lived with for the majority of my life. But uh, mm-hmm. in 2011, I was working in the corporate sector. I was in middle management, thought that I yeah. was doing great climbing the career ladder. And then in a very rapid succession of time, everything kind of went to rubbish. And I had a complete breakdown, which was followed by very severe depression and anxiety for a good few years. And that mm. in a, ended up being something that made me have to completely change everything that I was doing. I needed to look at my life. I needed to make some decisions about what I was going to do. And also I couldn't work. So I had to decide Mm, what I was going to do with my life going forward. Sure. It's always interesting how life serves us so many different things. So things can be a stumbling block or a stepping stone. And in that, when you, when you realize, I mean, obviously you knew you were, you struggled with anxiety and depression, but to have it be in the forefront of your, in your face like that, like, gosh, what am I going to do? So I've listened to your stuff before you have great content. And I, I know you're going to help you. continue to help so many people as well. I know for me, and, and I've talked about this in different shows I've been on as well. I actually struggled with depression as well in my late teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I really struggled with that. And so for me, that was one reason why I wanted to do what I do is once again, to help people as well. And so I think people, people who know it from a textbook standpoint, but also people who know it from a personal standpoint to marry those two things together is a pretty strong um, opportunity or gives people a lot more insight in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. I mean, now I work as a counselor as well as 
podcasting and writing. And mm -hmm. it was purely because I was going and seeing a psychologist and I got yeah. far enough into the process of working with him where I went, oh, that's really interesting what you do. I find <laughs> it fascinating. I'd like to know more. And I think that might be a new career path that I might look mm -hmm. at because I've always been fascinated with psychology. And then, so I actually went back to university and did a four-year degree. And then I kind of looked around and went, okay, great. What do I do with it? And it, it was a real opportunity for me to get to know myself better, but it also became yeah. a catalyst to want to help other people to get to know themselves better as well. Brilliant. Let's transition into your book. Well, actually, let's talk about your podcast first. So what came first, the chicken or the egg, the podcast or the book? Which one came first? <laughs> So it was the podcast first. So in October 2019, I had some life changes and I'd had this idea kicking around in my head for a little while because I, I enjoy writing and I enjoy talking and mm -hmm. presenting. And so I thought I'll just I'll do this podcast and I'll chuck it out there and see what happens. Yeah. And the very first episode that I put out in week one had four listens and I was mm -hmm. one of them because I was checking the quality <laughs> of the audio. So let's be honest, it was three listens. And then it just, it, it kind of snowballed after, after the first maybe two months where I just felt like I was doing this weird little thing on the internet. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I, I saw that I had people listening to me in random countries that I would never have expected. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and, crazy. Now, and now I'm about to hit 2 million plays and it, it's, it's Fantastic. been a real journey. So that was the beginning. Yeah. Congratulations. How does it feel for you when, when you start that with, with three listeners and then uh, have, like you said, almost those 2 million, almost 3 million listeners. How, how is that for you? Downloads rather. How is that for you? Uh, look, it's amazing. The, uh -huh. it kind of doesn't register. I think also because of the nature of the internet and podcasting, I think some, well, for me anyway, it's been a gradual slow burn process in terms of building mm -hmm. those total plays over you know, a two and a half year period. Uh, but what does actually register is I'm fortunate enough, and it happened just this morning, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I, I connect enough with my listeners and I get emails from them or messages yeah. on Instagram where they're telling me about how a specific episode has connected with them and what that's nice. actually done. I had a guy write to me this morning talking about how the anxiety uh, episode that I put out a few months ago, how that actually helped him to kind of have a real aha moment about what he was mm. going through and then what the steps were that he was going to take to actually address the, and even saying this out loud, it's kind of mind blowing because when I started this, it was just about putting information out there. And now I actually yeah. get to see the tangible impact that I have on people's yes. lives. So it's exactly. really rewarding, as I'm sure you know from your show as well. Well, thank you. But yeah, but you know, it's interesting though. I, I, what I really like about your show, that's, it's, I, when I listen to it, I like how, there are many different types of shows, but yours is an interview show like this. I'm mean, when I first started my show, I would do half of my show had segments where it was just education, uh, psychoeducation I would give. Uh, and then I would interview someone, but I love yours. It's all just a psychoeducation aspect. So people who may know what that word means or not, but psychoeducation is essentially just giving content of about, about something, practical tools and techniques of how to overcome something. So I really like that that is your, it's a specific niche. So I really want to endorse that because I really do, I, I really appreciate that type of, of show. And that's why you've done so well with it. And your content is really, really good. Well, thank you. And what was important for me to start with, I have a background before I went into management, I have a background in corporate training, and I wanted to deliver little mini sessions that would help people around specific mm -hmm. topics. And that started from day one. So I pick a topic that's related to mental health, and I talk about what it is, why it matters for better mental health, mm -hmm. and then practical tips. At least half of the episode is the practical tips on how to actually tackle that element and, and improve that aspect of your mental health. Each episode is only 
an average of 25 minutes long. And so it is mm-hmm. very much about trying to keep this short, sharp and concise so that people yeah. can get in, grab the information, put it into practice and then try something a little bit later on as well if they want to come back to it. Perfect. So at the time of this show, how many episodes do you have? Uh, I've just uploaded episode 142, which comes out in a, in a couple Fantastic. of time. Wonderful. So people know that they, well, I'm telling them as well, that you speak on pretty much every topic about life, which is really important because it's Absolutely. not just one specific thing. So we say mental health, but it's also every aspect of one's life. Absolutely. My viewpoint is I have personal experience in this stuff, but I also make sure that my content is based on quality research. And I think it's that balance of being able to look at it from a practical standpoint and relate to it on a personal level, Mm -hmm. but then also to come back and say, okay, this isn't just my opinion. Here is some actual really good advice that comes from this source and this source that can help you to take this idea and put it into practice for yourself. So it is very, very action oriented and there's always a call to action at at the end of every episode. When you wrote your book, let's talk about mental health, simple ways to improve your well-being. I'm sure that's just an off spin. So we, as we know, or an offshoot rather. So we know obviously the the medium when it comes to podcasting or broadcasting, that's the auditory aspect of it. So now we're using the visual aspect of it as well. So you took the stuff from the the podcast and, and transformed it into a book. Absolutely. So what I wanted to do was, I mean, over 140 episodes now, and it it feels like most people would probably not sit down and listen to 140 odd episodes, (laughs) although you'd be surprised. I get people tell me that they've discovered me and started at episode one and are working their way through, which is amazing. But that's great. I know it's such a compliment, but what I wanted to do was to be able to take some of the topics and weave them together in a narrative where it actually Mm -hmm. guides the reader through how to apply these concepts on a practical level. So they are adapted from the podcast, but there's additional content that's been added in as well. And it's very reflective and self-driven in terms of being able to turn the content into something practical and tangible that you, that you give it a go and see how you go and then come back and revisit and revise. I love that. You talk about four fundamental aspects of mental health. Tell me more about those. Absolutely. Look, I'm a firm believer that there is so many different things that we can potentially do in terms of our mental health and well-being. And of course, Mm -hmm. part of that also involves getting support from external sources, but there is a lot that we can do. And I think the best place to start for anybody, regardless of your situation, is to have a back-to-basics approach in terms Mm -hmm. of how you can improve your well-being. So I see four aspects as being part of that back-to-basics. It's around self-awareness, priorities, happiness versus satisfaction and being present. And so there's, there are different reasons why I chose those four, but sure. for me on my own journey, they have been the things that have helped me to yeah. really go back and build a foundation that's quite clear around what I want my mental health and well-being to look like. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level.
Welcome back. I'm speaking with Jeremy Godwin. We are talking about his book, Let's Talk About Mental Health, Simple Ways to Improve Your Well-Being. He teaches practical tools and techniques to help you simplify and transform your life. If you haven't heard the first part of the show, definitely start from the beginning and you will be amazed at everything that you've heard thus far. So Jeremy, speaking about your book, I wanted to talk about the four different aspects of mental health that we discussed. You talk about the happiness versus satisfaction. Tell me more about that. I find that very interesting. Absolutely. I think we, as a society, and I have to just preface this by saying that as well as psychology, I studied sociology. So I get a little bit nerdy about the whole society Mm -hmm. stuff and individual stuff, right? As a society, I think we're kind of conditioned to try to chase happiness. But the thing is that mm-hmm. happiness is fleeting. It's, there yeah, is no physical way to be able to dig your claws into happiness and hold on to it. And so I think that the more appropriate approach to take, and you know, it's up to everybody what they choose to do. But for me, mm-hmm. the more appropriate path to go down in terms of my well-being has been to focus on satisfaction over happiness. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is that when we really understand what brings us a deeper level of satisfaction in life, be it our relationships, be it the contributions that we make to the world, be it the way that we move about the world on a day-to-day basis, that's a real opportunity for us to build a lifestyle for ourselves that focuses on what truly matters rather than what we think we're supposed to prioritize. Mm. So it does go Mm. very much hand in hand with priorities, but I mean, it ultimately comes down to a choice. Do you want to chase happiness and constantly be on that hamster wheel of trying to chase the next Mm -hmm. thing that will give you a fleeting moment of happiness? Or would you rather build a life for yourself that feels really deeply meaningful and satisfying? Sure. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. It is true because as we know, happiness is a state of being and often it can be that, like you said, the constant aspect of looking for something. So learning how to live in a state of satisfaction, like you said, is a place where we, an opportunity where we determine without outside influence, what is healthiest for us. I think that's one of the most important things because we often can get so caught up in the dreams that we had perhaps when we were younger or this or that. And we're like, oh, I should do this or I should do that. And unfortunately that does change. I um, I remember when I was younger, it was, I had this idea of where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. And then of course, once I got older, the, the juxtaposition between then versus now, it's very different. And so, you know, just looking at the aspect of like, you talk about satisfaction, I talk about fulfillment and looking at what does that mean? So for me, I was able to create a world of fulfillment or satisfaction and I'm location independent, et cetera. So when I was in the, just like you in the corporate world, doing all these different things, my practice and all that. And I was like, I'm just not being fulfilled. So learning how to say, I want to create life on my own terms and creating that sense mm-hmm. of fulfillment, that sense of satisfaction to do what you want to do. It is so liberating. And I'm, I'm so excited that you teach that because so many people who are able to do that, it literally takes it takes the blinders off of them. They can realize my life is just as beautiful as I want it to be and the way I want it to be without any expectations from anybody else. So that's great to hear that you also teach that as well about the satisfaction part of it. Absolutely. And similar to yourself, the things that I thought my life was you know, going to look like and feel like and all of those things. If if you'd have told, if I could go back and show my life to myself 20 years ago, (laughs) I wouldn't even believe I was talking to the same person. And yet, Every single thing that was on that list of things 20 years ago, I have no emotional attachment to anymore. I'm so happy that it's actually not part of my life. And it's those were the things that, to be honest, that probably led me down the path that I ended up on anyway. But I I, I did say to, I said to a client the other day that I'm at a point now where I actually view, it's slightly controversial to say, but I view my breakdown and the depression and anxiety that followed. I view it as a gift because Mm -hmm. there is no way that I would have made the changes to my life that I would have 
that I have now made without that experience. And I think we can choose to turn those difficult times into a positive, even though they're not great. And of course, we Mm -hmm. wouldn't wish them on anybody. But just because it's happened doesn't mean that you need to treat it with regret or or allow it to reduce you. It's about what you do with the experiences that you have, the good and the bad. Yes. I always tell people that every event in life is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. Everything Mm -hmm. that we do in life is linked together to create the picture of who we are today. We've all done jigsaw puzzle pieces before and we've looked at these pieces like we know where the border are, border is, that's easy. But the other pieces that we don't know where they fit, like I have no idea. We think that either the manufacturer forgot one or put put an extra one in. But when you really look at that and put it all together, like, ah, that's how that makes sense. And so Mm -hmm. that's usually when we get so myopic or so focused in the moment, when we look at one of those pieces, like, I don't know where this goes. This is an ugly piece. Then, but when you uh, links together, then all of a sudden something gets greater, bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon you're like, ah, now that makes sense. And so as we know, on the other side of something, perspective gives us meaning. And so the meaning aspect of how this all fits together is so important. And the other part as well is if, if someone has gone through a lot of different things in their life, if you can simply say, what do you love about yourself right now? If they can name one thing, the likelihood of them being able to have that one thing right now probably wouldn't be there if they hadn't gone through all those things in the past as well. Absolutely. And it does take, it takes distance and hindsight to be able to get to that place. I totally understand that. But I have, I have said to many people, and I would also say off the back of what you have just said, anybody who is going through something at the moment where it feels like it's overwhelming, it feels like it's either the end of the world or it's all consuming and crushing. Mm -hmm. I know how hard it is to hear this message, but I guarantee you from personal experience that things can get better and they do get better and they will. Yes, they will. One thing I always like to ask people is what's, what's different and what's the same from that person who was struggling with, with the depression and anxiety and what, and with the person with whom I'm speaking today. Wow. I always put people on the spot. They're like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Great question. Okay. The person I was was Uh doing things because he felt like he needed to and that he Mm -hmm. had something to prove and that he was looking to do that on an external level because I did not understand who I really was. I thought I did, but I don't. I, I didn't. Now, I... I am very comfortable with who I am and what I do and what I don't do with my life. And I don't feel the need to prove that to anyone. And I don't feel the need to stay on that. I said before about the hamster wheel, I don't feel the need Uh to stay on that anymore, which is a massive shift. That is incredibly liberating. So the, the advice you would give to your younger self would be what? The advice I would give would be everything that you think is important, you need to actually look at it and do the complete opposite. Um, <laughs> which, I know, not everything, not everything. There I are a few things. I, I, I won't throw the baby yeah. out with the bathwater, but um, I really, I was going down the wrong path. I've been quite open in my podcast about the fact I am now four years sober. So I was using alcohol as a means of coping with things. And also at the same time, I was using alcohol as a way to give me the kind of self-confidence that I thought I didn't Mm. have. And then it turned out that by actually quitting alcohol and learning how to change my approach to things, I actually became a lot more confident anyway. So it's just, there are so many things that I did in the past where I just I mean, I'm going to be really honest. If I could sit my younger self down, I'd probably just shake the hell out of him. <laughs> I would do the same for myself too. <laughs> no, I really appreciate your candor and, your, and being transparent about that. That That is important. I, I, I want to go back to your book for a second. And so when 
people reading it, is this more of a book they can just sit down and start from the front to back? Can they pick and choose different different category or different uh, chapters? How does that work? It's deliberately designed for both, and so Good. you might you might choose to actually just go through and kind of let yourself be taken on a journey through these different topics. And what I have done is broken it into four different sections that are really about the foundations of better mental health and then looking at your internal world as well as your relationship to the external world, et cetera. So you can go through that journey, but it's also designed so that you can literally pick the thing up and say, at the moment, I'm struggling with feeling like uh, I'm not present. How do I deal with that? And you focus on the being present chapter. Every single chapter ends with a self-paced set of reflection activities. And then at the end of each section, what I do is bring all of the chapters together to say, let's talk about the journey that you've actually just gone on in this section. Oh, so I love that. It is very much about, you can dip in and out or you can just take a journey through the entire thing. That's perfect. Now, there may be some people who say, well, I'm, I'm doing really well in life and other people who are really struggling. What type of individual would be the ideal for this book? The easy answer is everybody, but I think, uh, purely, and the reason why I say that is that even if you are doing really well in life, I think that going back to basics and making sure that you have a solid foundation and that you're investing in your mental health and well-being, to me, it's the same as going to the gym. Not that that's something I do on a regular basis at all, uh, but it, you know, it is really about proactively looking after your mm-hmm. mental health and well-being Certainly. in order to prevent as much as possible because prevention is better than cure. Having said that, I think ideally this book is for anybody who is dealing with struggles, especially around things like depression and anxiety, which Mm -hmm. of course, as we know, affects one in four people and nearly half of the population will experience a mental illness at some point in their lifetime. So the piece here is to be able to say, okay, where do I start? What do I, I don't know what to do. I feel overwhelmed with everything that's going Mm -hmm. on. And here is a tool that I can take that's going to give me some food for thought, is going to give me some ideas of what I can start to do now in tandem with hopefully working with professionals where necessary, Mm -hmm. but also recognizing that you can work with lots of other people in terms of uh, looking for support, but it is up to you to do the bulk of the work because nobody can do the work for you, unfortunately. Yes. Strength that comes easy is not strength at all. What's next for you? For me, I am working on two books at the moment in addition to the podcast and my YouTube channels. I'm actually working on the second volume of Let's Talk About Mental Health, which is going to be looking at better relationships, better better connection with the world around you. So I'll I'll kind of leave it at that for now. I also have a series of videos that I do daily on my, one of my Instagram accounts, which is called life advice that doesn't suck. And it's quite broad. It's not just mental health focused. Uh, And so I'm actually in the process of turning that into a book, which will be released by the end of the year. Congratulations. I always love to hear. And you are. And I always love to hear how my friends, how they continue to grow and develop. And it's always so inspiring for me as well. So Jeremy Godwin, it has been an absolute pleasure having my show today. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, to listen to your, uh, listen to your podcast, to buy your book. Let's talk about mental health, simple ways to improve your well-being, to watch your YouTube channels, to learn all about you. Where will they find all this information online? 
Absolutely. So my podcast is available on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The easiest way to find out information is to visit my website, which is letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au because I'm an Australian. And you can also catch me on Instagram at Jeremy Godwin Official. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if you cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Jeremy Godwin and all of his information. Jeremy, thank you once again for being a fantastic guest my show today. I truly appreciate all your expertise. James, thank you so much for having me. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.